parties, man. They got off. They got out of hand. Like uh, they do. The parties can get out of hand fast, man. Yeah, there was actually there was two parties. I missed two parties in a row because I was having some shit. And uh, in one of the parties, one of the dudes, one of the college dudes named Jimmy, brought a bunch of ecstasy, and a bunch of people chopped up ecstasy and snorted it. A lot of first timers, like, yeah. or was it a lot of experienced? No, people? a lot of first timers. A lot of people had never touched ecstasy before. Okay. And here's the thing: of all the ingestion methods, that's one of the worst. It's the same thing as people who put like acid in their eyes. So what you said they snorted it? Track. Yeah, they snorted it. Oh Jesus, man! Got hella fucked up. Bryce never did any of that shit. He didn't trust it, and I don't blame him. That's fucked up. He's just on shrooms as well. Oh yeah, he's on shrooms as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that shit fucks you up. And then there's uh. Oh shit! What was that? Oh yeah, at the parties. The next party, apparently everyone stripped naked. On ecstasy. Uh, or there, just for there fun. was just a lot of shit happening, and then apparently it just started up. And now we are talking about this was an apartment. This was about a nine hundred square feet apartment that would accommodate like thirty people. Okay. So we were in there tight. Like yeah. It was packed. There was not really that much wiggle room. So when you got there, everyone had their clothes off already. No, no, that was the second party I missed in a row. Oh, and okay. I heard stories about it after people got fucking naked. Shit was getting weird. So Bryce and his girlfriend left and he was telling me like right after the West, like 30 minutes after they left, the police showed up. Oh, really? Now, here's the thing. At this point in time with these parties, we weren't the only underage kids at the parties. Anymore. Oh, wow. OK. So he had a bunch of girls from our high school. Now, this fucker was from our high school, but his older brother and a lot of his friends were also there who were in college. Ooh, okay. So, you know, you got they a bunch of... They get all the of, blame. Exactly. And, you know, what happens? Please show up. You got a bunch of naked 16, 17-year-old girls and a bunch of naked 20 to 25-year-old guys. Yeah, that's... that's. And how old were you at the time? I At that time, I think I was 17. Okay. You still probably... I mean... At that age, you probably they probably still try to nail you. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely had other shit like that happen. But but yeah, no, so that that was actually the end of the parties with Brian. That was lots of fun, but oof, shit got just a little bit too crazy. Yeah, it gets to that point, man. I thought I wanted that life for a long time, just partying all the time. But then you get in situations where you're like, I don't really feel comfortable doing this. You get in situations where you see people do shit and you're just like, holy fuck. Yeah, they're like gone, man. They're like making bad choices. They <laughs> they have problems outside. So they, those are the hardest partiers usually. I mean, there's some of them that are like really positive. But the parties that I like to go to are more, more like kickbacks, I guess. <gasps> I prefer to just sit around and talk to people. I prefer to just drink at this point in life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love drinking. Don't get me wrong. But... I don't really party too much. Like I actually last month, this other group I hang out with, the youngest of them just turned 21. Okay. So we drank, we drank probably what, maybe, uh, maybe just over a gallon, maybe a gallon and a quarter between like six of us. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, he was turning 21. You got to get christened. You got to get, you have to go through the initiation. Party boys got to learn. And also there was two other friends there who were already 21. Yeah. Who, uh, they, they, they had not had experiences like me and Bryce had. Cause me and Bryce, we've been drinking heavy as hell since we were 16. Yeah. 
So we had lots of fun experiences with that shit. Partied with college kids. So one of them, his name's Caleb. He he was tired. And he was like, man, should I drink an energy drink? Yeah. Now, to put this into comparison, I don't know if you've ever drank energy drink and drink hard liquor. Like back to back. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the day I, I think I threw up that day, didn't I? Most people do. This shit fucks you up real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that might have been the, the time in the, the bathroom that I... That might have... I think I did have an energy drink that day. No, it fucks lots of people up. And he and I told him, too, because I do that like on a micro level. Like If I'm drinking and I don't want to drink that much, but I want to get kind of toasted, I'll make my first drink like 50% energy, 50% alcohol, and then my second drink will be like 50%... Generally, like 50% vodka, 50% Mountain Dew. And okay. Like, boom, two drinks. I'll get a little toasty and it's good. Yeah. But I'm not drunk and I'm not fucked up. I won't ne- I won't wake up the next day and be like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's a th- that's the thing. Like, I think people separate, people think, like, alcoholism. I think alcoholism is not being able to function. Like, being so obsessed with the drink that you can't even do anything. But I think, like, if I wanted to, like, I, I give it up. Like, I've given it up for however long. And it hasn't even, like, I don't know. But it, but then you can go back into it. And even though you have drinks or beers or whatever, like, you can still function. So that's, like, the yeah. biggest thing. The part that irritates me is when you look at, like, even the AA's definition of alcoholism is people who drink every day. Right. And that's bullshit. Like, how many, especially, like, construction workers and all that. They come home, they want to have a fucking beer at their dinner. Let them have a fucking beer at their dinner. Leave them the fuck alone. They're not alcoholics. Yeah, they're not going to What if you anyone. don't like beer? You just want a mixed drink with dinner? Fuck it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. To me, alcoholics are people who, exactly, are, are they're dysfunctional. They have to be drunk all the time. Like, no matter what time of day you see them, you know what state they're in. Yeah. They're never sober. They don't even know what it's like to be sober anymore. And you appreciate flavor as well. That's a telltale sign that it's not like a problem. I do for you. appreciate flavor when I'm taking shots. Yeah, even with so, like whiskey and stuff though, like sipping. Like every time we've sipped whiskey, get some water in it, you smell the aroma. Like you take yeah, it. I in. do, I do, and I also to I that's why I don't drink whiskey that much, is because every time I buy whiskey, I don't I'm not gonna fucking buy Jack Daniels. I'm not gonna buy Evan Williams. I'm not gonna buy Jim fucking Bean. Yeah. I buy like Knob Creek, Small Cast, um, Makers forty six. Forty five's okay, but I like forty six more or cast proof. Okay. Cast proof's really good. Um what was it? There was this one there was this one weird ass bourbon I actually just had not too long ago. Uh, oh no, it wasn't a bourbon. It was an Irish whiskey. It was fucking, uh, Telemore. I had Telemore. Okay. Fucking $70 bottle. And what that is, is that's 12 year aged whiskey, but it's aged in exported rum barrels from Jamaica. Really? Yeah. So they make the whiskey and then they age it in rum barrels. So run me through the process of the difference between whiskey and bourbon. Uh, bourbon's made in America. So that's really the only difference. It's the same thing with scotch and whiskey. Scotch is made in Scotland. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Brandy? So, what about brandy? Uh, brandy is English or French. I can't quite recall. It's one of the two. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I'm not definitely not experienced with all the different types. but Well, funny enough, lots of namings of alcohol is completely based off of where it's from. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like tequila can only be made in Mexico. Mm-hmm. 
if you make anything out of agave plants anywhere else in the world, you can't call it tequila. It's just not the same. Like, it's, because it's regionalized, yeah. it's, there's certain things in that area. Well, the funny thing is, is you could import all the ingredients from Mexico. You make that shit in Texas. That not, is... Not fresh. It's some Texas thing that you want to... You can call it a lot of things, but you cannot legally call it tequila because that is a Mexican drink. It's the same thing. You cannot legally make a bourbon in Scotland. Hmm. You make it in Scotland, it's either whiskey or scotch. That's all. Just because that's... The, and it's probably a pride thing, too. There's definitely a hell of a lot of pride that goes into it. People are very proud of their shit. I would be, too. I'm a big fan of Irish whiskey, personally. I really like... Jameson is okay. Black Barrel's okay. But I like that Conor McGregor stuff. I still haven't tried Proper 12. Really? Yeah. Because remember, you were going to bring it over that one night, but then you went to the liquor store, and they were just like, oh, yeah, the only store that has it is Park City. That's right. I have gotten and, it since. Yeah, and, and you ended up getting, I think... Uh, Oh shit! You got something I can't recall. It's um, it tastes very similar to Black Barrel Jameson, except it has a hint of vanilla, and the end is more of a, uh, it's more of like a walnutty taste. It's like a walnut, uh, has like an a, a roasted walnut uh, aroma to it. Oh, but back on that Tillamore, it's weird as shit, cause you smell it and it smells like rum. And I'll be upfront about this: I hate rum. Yeah. I fucking hate rum. I got so. I've had alcohol poisoning four times before I turned 20. Four okay. times. Yep. Two of the times at minimum were exclusively on black rum. Okay. Yep. Black rum will fuck you before you know it because black <laughs> rum is so sweet. It's so sweet and it's so easy to drink. Oh, yeah. But it's 100 proof. Yep. So you put down 15 shots of that in like 20, 30 minutes. And all of a sudden, you're fucking shit-faced, plastered to the wall. You don't know what's going on anymore. Yep. And then, unfortunately, once you're at that point, you know what you do? Drink more. Drink more. Oh, yep. fuck. I don't know where I am. I better drink some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just, yeah. I need to get one more in. One more in. One more in. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> that's, I had the Playboy. I got the Playboy uh, rum. Like it was a sweet rum, almost. All rums are so sweet. There's no such thing as a rum that isn't Re sweet. Yeah, I guess. It's distilled sugar, right? Pretty much. Um, but man, if you take rum slow, the drunk is kind of like a wine drunk. Like I, I just remember being giggly, but I remember having the worst hangover of my life with rum. <sighs> it's sugar, man. Sugar will fuck you up. Worse well, than it's ice not, It's not just sugar. It's So sugar has an extremely high dehydration factor. Alcohol has an extremely high dehydration factor. You need to drink water. What hangovers are is your body's adverse effect to not having enough water. You're dehydrated, and it's punishing you for it. It's also like cramps. If you have a lot of fucking cramps, you need to drink more water. You'll stop getting cramps. Yeah. Headaches, most of the time, it's the same thing. Sometimes headaches can be caused by medical issues, but but water's a fucking cure-all. You need to be hydrated. Drink at least a gallon a day. You need to. It's... And that's the shitty part is when you're drinking wine or, or rum that makes you feel good giddy like giggly you never even think to drink water usually well, i don't so what i do when i take shots and i don't i only do this about once a week probably gonna do this saturday it's what i do do on saturdays most of the time yeah when i take shots i chase it with water okay that's smart it's it sucks so you do it a takes shot a second to get used to a shot and then eight ounces of water okay yep shot cup of water and like I said, it takes a fucking it takes a second to get used to because water will not mask the flavor, and in fact, for a short bit, it'll enhance the flavor. So you got to be careful. 
If it's already something that's putting you on the verge of puking, you try to chase with water, you're going to fucking puke. Yeah. So, like, for me, I fucking hate shooting a lot, uh, a lot of things, Everclear. Mm-hmm. 151, I fucking hate 151 rum. Get that shit out of my face. It's the worst thing in the world. Moonshine. But the special one, tequila gold. Tequila gold. Know. Silver, I can shoot. Blanca, I can shoot. You give me gold, and for some reason, it just... Doesn't agree about, with you? No, something about the flavor just gags the shit out of me. Huh. Yeah. yeah, so I like if I took a shot of tequila gold and then chase it with water, I have to sit here, I have to plug my nose and be like, don't be a bitch, don't be a bitch, slap myself a few times in order not to puke. Yeah. How was that? Uh, how was that Japanese whiskey? Which one? I've had a few. You, ha- you bought a pretty high, I, I want to say it was about 65, 70 bucks. It, oh, yes, 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 yes. That, um, uh, you, yes, you and Alex were there for. Yep. Um, it was pretty decent. It wasn't that memorable though. Japanese like, whiskey in general, what's the distinct, uh, what do you notice? So with Japanese whiskey, um, it's funny enough, I would say it's very sake-esque, where it's like the flavor has that, I don't even know what the hell you call it, it has that element to it that you drink and you're just like, the hell? Same thing, like kind of with tequila, you have that twang at the end that you know. No, that that's the issue though. Is with Japanese, like it's this, like sake and their whiskey have the same fucking thing at the end, and you don't know what it is. Uh-huh. I don't. I'm sure if I looked into the ingredients, I could figure it out. I could narrow right. it down eventually. But probably some gross ass fish. No, it's probably honestly like rice or something, some type of rice. I knew sake. Sake is like distilled rice, isn't it? A rice wine. Rice wine. Okay. I mean, that's it's not a hundred percent correct, but we'll, and rice we'll wine is exclusive thing to Japan. Um, wine's an interesting one of those. I, I don't drink wine. I don't like wine. I've had like 10 different types of wine. I thought they all tasted like shit. Have you had a local one? Like actually gone to a vineyard and. No, I've never had a local. Wine. That's what we'll have to do that. They have a vineyard up in Ogden and you can actually drive up there. It's 15 bottles, $15 for a uh, 750 milliliter. And uh, they actually have the vineyard and they make it fresh and distribute it. But, uh, I think fresh wine is. Well, not fresh. They still age it and everything, but it's local to this region. Yeah, I don't know. Just, I don't know. It's one of those kind of things. It's the same thing with like mead. I don't like mead. Haven't I haven't tried that. Uh, mead is like beer, except replacing your hops and the sugar from that feeding the uh, feeding the yeast. It's honey that feeds the yeast. So, it's, so it's very sweet then. It's yes and no. It can be. It can be extremely sweet, but mead's one of those fucked up things that it's not. It's not like beer. It's closer to wine. Okay. So mead has like there's dry there's dry meads. There's fucking uh, there's your like uh, high end meads that have like certain sugars and certain uh, yeast in it that make it more uh, potent but sweeter. All that kind of shit. Uzi, no. But I can't stand honey. Okay, so it's personal. It's a personal thing. thing. I cannot stand honey, okay. and honey is like the key factor of making it. And every mead I've tried, I've even tried like raspberry meads and shit. They always taste like honey. Where do you buy them from? Where can you just get them at a bar on like on draft, or is it no, something that? No, not here in the United States. Oh, okay. maybe somewhere that has like a large like Nordic 
population, you might be able to find meads on Jurassic. Like Amsterdam and Germany. Oh, they'll definitely have it. Okay. But in the U.S., like more of a Europe thing. Yeah, maybe certain places in like fucking upstate New York, New Hampshire, some parts of Jersey. But it's more like a novelty here, right? Like we have a mead. Come here, like kind of how Guinness is here. Exactly. So you can buy meads. You have to buy them at the liquor store. Shocker. Yeah. They're disgusting, in my opinion. But that's because I don't like honey, so that's not a fair shake. Okay. That's it's you know it's a lot like food places. Like when I go and eat at places. Yeah. Like I went to uh, this place up uh, up the road from here called Wasatch Bar and Grill. Okay. Had their fish and chips. Mm-hmm. Seventeen dollars fish and chips. They only serve cod. I don't, give a, you, I don't give a fuck what type of batter you put on it. I don't give a fuck what you put it in. Cod is the cheapest, is not the cheapest, but cod tastes like fish sticks. Yes. Doesn't matter what you do with it, it tastes like fish sticks that you can buy from any fucking freezer. Right. So it was just like I paid 17 bucks for something where I expect to get at, I expect to get halibut. I can work with salmon, but I expect halibut. I recommend their, their buffalo burger. I, yeah, I, I saw their fish and chips and I was like, I don't know that I can do this because cod. I can do cod, but I can do tilapia. Tilapia is good to me. So well, you see, here's the difference. Tilapia is like tofu. You can mask that shit. Yeah. Cod always tastes like fish. Sticks. Has that distinct? Yep. Yep. I I prefer that, but I get why people don't prefer that. It's too greasy. It's not. It's not the. It's not the grease factor. It's when I grew up. I grew up in poverty, so a lot of like a lot of meals like, it's like okay, you get macaroni. Okay, you get fish sticks. So it's like memory thing? Yeah, that's it's part of that. Like macaroni and fish sticks or macaroni and hot dogs. So many fucking times growing up that was a meal. Yeah. So like macaroni, you don't like that anymore at all? Uh, macaroni, I can have it once in a blue moon. Have you done like a macaroni and then you dice some onions, onion powder, and throw some hamburger meat in there? So if I – oh, you're talking about a, like a mac chili style thing. Kind of without beans or chili. I, I literally just put onions, garlic powder, mac and cheese, and actual what shredded cheese. What I do cheese. is the last like 10-ish times I've had mac and cheese, it's uh, paprika, garlic powder, and pepper. Okay. And boom, all of a sudden I can, te- I can, I can do it. Yeah, it, it's like when you start sprucing it up. that you Because yeah. you can mask mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is so malleable. Like you really can make a lot of stuff. Tater tot casseroles and... Uh, macaroni tuna salad i like tuna tuna is a big staple for me i like tuna a lot yeah it's a nice lean meat it doesn't have a distinct like fishy flavor i like salmon a, a ton too i like salmon a lot wish i could afford it more uh, yeah it's real fucking expensive uh do you you like uh game meat right you were telling me i do i love venison yeah venison is one of my fucking favorite things um I really want to try wild boar at some point. I haven't tried it before. Well, I have to do we'll go up to Montana. There's a place called the Montana Club that serves. Uh, they serve all sorts of exotic meats. They have ostrich, boar, all of them. Like yeah, boar is not really that exotic. It depends where you are in the United States, but in lots of places, especially places like Montana, mm-hmm. where they have an issue with the boars, it's not really that uncommon. But ostrich, that would definitely be unique. But I do want to try some of that. I had rattlesnake when I was a kid. Honestly, I thought it was great. Really? Yeah. They say it tastes like chicken. That's a fucking lie. Same thing with snails. Tastes like chicken. No, fucking don't. You know what? There's a place up in... And frog legs. That's another one. Yeah, I can't do that. No, it fucking doesn't. 
No, it does not. Yeah, absolutely not. I'll have to take you to this place in Idaho called uh, Gator Jack Sandwich Shack. And, uh, what they part ha- of Idaho is it in? It is in Idaho Falls. Or Rexburg, Idaho. It's in Rexburg? Yes. Okay. Then I probably haven't been there. I was going to say if it's in Idaho Falls or Ammon, then there's not that many places to eat out there, unique places. Now there and is. Holy shit, now there is. It's expands so much. But when I was a kid, I used to spend a lot of time up there. So Where did you grow up again? I grew up here in Utah, but my grandparents lived in Ammon. Okay. Yep. I was 15 minutes from there. That's where I grew up. Yeah, so I would... So between Ammon and uh, Idaho Falls, be in there a lot. Yeah, I remember there's this one little Shake Shack that's uh, it's, what's up, puppers? There's this one little Shake Shack in between Ammon and Idaho Falls that my mom raved about. She was like, "Oh, I remember coming here when I was 16." Oh, I wonder what it is. Apparently, they're famous for their strawberry shakes. Really? But I don't like strawberry shakes. Uh, Sweeto Burrito. You know that place? Yeah. You ever been there? I've had it three times now. Okay. So, I mean, you, you have an idea of what it is. The original was actually in Idaho Falls, hmm. and it was a truck. It was just a food truck. It was so much better. Like, the burritos were thick, and they were cheaper, and then somebody – I think somebody bought it and franchised it, and it just turned to shit, man. Isn't that what always happens, though? Yeah, it really is what happens. Uh, that was a, It used to be a very good place, and I guess now there's a guy who uh, – he goes on Snapchat – and for 10 bucks, he fills up a styrofoam thing of barbecue and like all of this side stuff, like a, a good probably three pounds of two, three pounds of food, and will deliver it to you anywhere in Idaho Falls or Ammon for 10 bucks. That's it. Like he just goes on Snapchat, hey guys, I'm cooking up. Come out here. Like a lot of people are starting to do that. I don't know if he has a food license. I hope so. But, uh, well, I mean, if he's taking money for it, that's a, it's a felony. Yeah, so, so... I hope so as well, because he can get in a, a, shit a ton lot of, of fucking damage with that. But here's kind of the thing. Not only does he have to have a food license, he has to have a fucking... What is it called? Food handlers? He has, no, he has to have a permit. Yeah, food ha- yeah, food handler permit and a distribution per- There's probably a ton of them. That's the thing. Even if you want to serve food from your home, if you want to pay for it, you don't just have to have the license to serve the food you have to have the permit to say that you're selling food from that location yeah yeah so that's that's a whole mess of legal issues that can come from that yeah well hopefully he's doing the right thing i'm sure he is i'm sure he wouldn't be all over social media i think he has some other businesses too so but he just kind of does this as a passion and i wish more people would treat food that way because food's becoming too uh to ingrained in our culture as fast food or franchised food and we've really lost taste of what food is supposed to be and it's supposed to be uh nutritional but also flavorful and we're supposed to distinctly be able to i love cooking cooking so much fun but no one why does no one do it anymore um convenience i would disagree with that sentiment i think more people are doing it now than have in the past okay and the big reason for that is funny enough cooking shows Right. Okay. Now, here's something interesting I learned. Do you know when Cooking Network exploded? Uh, Iron Chef? No, no, no. Year. Oh, I don't. Right after 9-11. Really? 2002. Okay. Because people were looking for a solace. And, well, take it from the fucking south. What better solace is there than food? 
right? Soul food. Soul food's been a thing for ages. Yeah. And after that, it was you can watch like all cooking networks, and they just blew up in popularity. People were interested. People wanted to cook because it's that comfort. Okay. So. That's interesting, and it's it's becoming easier now. I see all these companies like Blue Apron and like a few like the companies that ship you ingredients, not the meals. And yeah, they, they ship you ingredients and instructions. Like yeah. here's everything you need. Here's how you cook it cook it fucker yeah and i think a lot of it too is like i believe humans were meant to create i think we're creative beings in nature and i think food is part of that because creation is like being able to know what to throw in to make a culmination of flavor is an art within itself you know it's funny do you know what almost is the perfect example of that what the largest game ever bought it's also the largest PC game ever. It's on other consoles now, but it started on PC. What is it? Minecraft. Okay. More copies of Minecraft have sold than any other game. Right, right. And that is the perfect isolation of existence of why people prefer creation over destruction. Yeah. People, of course, we're referring to a society. There are, of course, plenty of people within it that prefer destruction. They are also needed. It's a cycle. Creation and destruction have to exist together. Yin and yang. Sure. Uh, Kali and Krishna, you know, they have to exist. Yeah. Why, why is that? Why do you think the destruction element is part of it? Why, why do people seek the destruction uh, when others seek creation? Um, I honestly believe that it's a program that creative people, if, if a creative person is put in an environment with nothing but creative people, one of those creative people will become a destructive person. Out of envy? Out of... No, out of program. They can't help it. It will be like a natural switch in their mind. Interesting. Because destruction needs to exist in equal parts. Because unfortunately, if you have nothing but creation, the beer's got me gassy. Because <laughs> if you have nothing but creation, nothing but, I guess, sentiment going out, right? the issue is, is you then become, I guess, overly sensitive to the destruction of it. Gotcha. Okay. So... So when something happens, and that's, I think that's part of the counter that exists on a natural level. It's different, but I'm like on a scientific level, I guess, for people who create things, mm-hmm. I think they need to experience destruction, and that's the reason it exists. So that when they create things, when it gets destroyed, they don't lose all hope and stop creating things. Okay, I can follow that. Yeah, I... and then of course when we're talking on like a natural level. Like, California has fires all the time. Why? Well, the fact is, is if you love your garden, you should burn your garden once a year. Because when plants naturally decay, they only re- they only return 25% of their nutrients to the soil. Interesting. Okay. But when plants are burned down to, like, ash and stuff, they return, it's like, 75% of their nutrients to the soil. So you'll actually yield a richer soil and have better land for longer. By burning it every year. By burning it every year. That's interesting. I return know return that. it back to the land. The issue. There's lots of issues. Lots and lots of issues. A, most people, especially farmers, they cannot do that tactic. Why? Because that's going to make them go bankrupt. Even if it's good for the land, they cannot do that tactic. And that's why things like fertilizers and stuff are huge. Ways to artificially enrich your soil. Because you cannot return the nutrients back to it. Okay. And then, of course, 
like I said, it's not a hundred percent return. Even even the most effective methods only like a seventy percent return. So your soil will naturally start losing losing all of its benefits, all of its minerals, all of its growth over time. So you need you do need to add to it. Gotcha. Okay. And waste is a really, really good way to do it. Another thing people don't like talking about, but waste from healthy things, specifically like technically humans as well, if you're eating right, people that are healthy, their poop excrement is super high in minerals and vitamins. Right. It's really good for the ground. Right. Now, the problem you don't is want, we're you don't want hormones. You don't want me pooping in your garden because <laughs> i'm full of like uh what maybe what i do maybe i'm kinky like that maybe what the fuck have i had i've had a burrito a soda an energy drink and a beer today yeah which are like filled with hormones and but every i do it too like Wait, i i went to ranch kind of things so. ranch burritos today i'm sure i'm pumped with hormones from the meat that they give the cows to make them grow faster because the demand of meat is so damn high Smart people, when they buy fertilizers, mm. there's fertilizers you can buy that are from grass-fed bisons. Really? Mm-hmm. And they'll say it on that because farmers and stuff have realized, they realize that shit way sooner. They're just like, hey, we can't take the stuff that comes out of these cows that you're fucking up. Yeah. Because it's fucking up the land in equal parts. Yeah. So that's, they've noticed, they noticed it years ago. Like, hey, we have to have healthy natural fed cow shit yeah or horse shit mm-hmm. and or buffalo you know there's people debate on which one's better which one's more effective but on the farmer forums no dead serious that shit exists <laughs> you motherfucker i'm telling you right now horse manure is better yeah luckily you know funny enough honestly you know people are like you know farmers farmers are generally more you know they like the aspect is like, oh, they're more hicks or hillbillies. Right. And couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. A lot of farmers are fucking scientists, basically. Oh, yeah. Some, like they oh, yeah. have to They have to learn, like, hey, they have to know crop rotation. They have to know what crops can go in what piece of land next in order to yield the best results. Yeah. They have to know what pesticides can or cannot work or if they're GMO free. They need to know where they can plant certain crops in order to not get pesticides on them. Yeah. Uh, they have to know. And that's the kind of thing. You go into those forums, like they'll talk about things like manure and they'll have, they'll have like scientific debates about which one's better. Yeah. Like, oh, well, horse shit's better than cow shit because horse shit's higher in, nit- in nitrogide. And this does this to the land and cow shit's high in some other thing. You know, that's, that's what they can do is they'll break it down. They go back and, and forth. I yeah. guess I just think of the ones in Idaho that were just cow cow farmers. And that's cow the herders. thing. I think livestock I think livestock farmers, they still have to know quite a bit, but they don't have to know as much as they don't know they don't need to know as much as harvesters. They oh, don't need no to know way. as much as people that have to grow corn, potato, wheat. They don't they don't They're more steadfast much. than than malleable. They're more headstrong. They're like they're just strong dudes that are like Oh, we need to do this. We need to do that. But on the biochemistry side, where harvesters and planters and GMO experts and all these people that do all this incredible stuff, it is a science. It's incredible. 
That's another thing, honestly. Possibly a lot of Christopher Reeve hooks. I hate the GM on the event. I hate it. I do too. Because it's stupid. We have been crossbreeding when GMO means genetically modified. So crossbreeding is genetic modification. Mm-hmm. We have been crossbreeding plants since before the father of genetics. I forget his name because I'm retarded, apparently. It's okay. He was a monk, Germany, a long time ago. Bread pea pods. He created the stupid table that I can never remember the name of either. But even since before him, we've been crossbreeding plants to make them better. We've been going, oh, this, I guess, this pea pod yields averagely more peas, but expires too soon. This pea pod lasts a lot longer and is much more durable to the cold, but it doesn't have as many peas. Yeah. Do you know what sylvesterol is? Have you ever heard of that? Sylvesterol? Yes. No. So sylvesterol is a naturally occurring antifungi um chemical that's produced in pretty much every fruit it'll grow within the fruit to protect itself from fungus attacks and by spraying gmos over these fruits the fruit is essentially saying i'm getting these anti-fungi chemicals i don't need to make sylvesterol anymore the problem is is when we ingest sylvesterol it acts as a defense mechanism uh, for fungus which is the main biochemical of cancer. Now, when a scientist came out and said all of this stuff, it was ridiculed and, and he was de, de, uh, like defamed or whatever. And it got to a point where uh, his entire life was ruined over this industry of GMOs. And that's when I started looking into that and sylvesterol and what sylvesterol can do for you that I started realizing GMOs probably aren't that good for you. Not necessarily GMOs, but pesticides. Pesticides, sure, yeah. Because when they, because that, that's always my thing when they refer, because I, and it's the same thing with the organic movement. Fucking hate that shit. I don't mind what they're doing. I hate the way they named it, the way they phrase it, because it's wrong. Okay. And that's how I am with GMOs. Like honestly, no, pesticide covered crops. There is there is a bounty of scientific proof that they're not good. Do not call them GMO free. GMO means genetic modification. Or genetically modified organism. Crossbreeding is a GMO. If you did anything, if you did anything other than walk up to the original piece of land that thing was from, pluck it from the thing and bite into it, it's a GMO. So the GMO is the the biochemistry of genetically modifying a plant. Pesticides is what they throw on top of it. Gotcha. So pesticide free, I'm perfectly cool with that. Fuck yeah, let's go with that. Keep, keep fruits and vegetables, pesticides. GMO-free, you're not. Pest, yeah, pesticide-free. But GMO-free doesn't make sense. There's no such thing as a GMO-free thing anymore. Everything's been crossbred with something in order to make it more bountiful, make it juicy, make it bigger. Everything's been crossbred to oblivion. Right. The same thing with organic. Do you know what organic means? Uh, they say grass-fed and all this. Like, I only know mainstream marketing. So organic means that you are able to eat it and it is ingestible. That's all organic means. That's all organic means. So everything's organic by every, that sense. Every fucking thing is organic. That rock is organic. That screen is organic. Your drywall is organic. I can eat it. You can eat it. And it won't kill you necessarily. Maybe. As long as it can like break down and such. There's another definition that organic means natural. Okay. That's probably what they market after. That's, well, here's the here's my issue with organic. 
the way that they do organic is they're just like, oh, this is a this is a uh, organic tomato. There's get no, out. There's no pesticides. No. There's no GMO. Wants to come up. Come here. All right, that's fine. Lay down. Lay down, pupper. So organic GMOs. So basically, organic and organic and non-GMO. The way they campaign it is just like a redundant. Gotcha. But it's a marketing thing, right? Yeah, it's a marketing thing. One hundred percent. Sell it to people who can afford it. Sell it to people who can afford it, because the idea is organic. If you if you Grew a tomato in your garden. You picked it up. You bit into it. That is organic. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah, very true. But so it's misleading. If you, took that, if you took those tomatoes, you put them in a sack. You took them to the supermarket and tried to sell them. You could not mark. You couldn't market that as organic. If you didn't live in a specific area that's pesticide free and all that fun jazz. Right. But that is that's organic. You did you use weed killer on your grass? Well, congratulations. Your plants that are in the garden connected to your grass are no longer organic. Right? That's how stupid that is. Yeah. That's why I hate I hate the organic movement. I hate the GMO movement. Just call it what it is. Yeah. Just be like, hey, this is fruit that has not been sprayed with extra chemicals. We put the seed in the ground. We let it grow. There we go. Yeah. Right? So they take that. Fine. Fuck it. I love it. Go with it. But they don't. But they don't. They want it's a marketing scheme. They want to make money, 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 money. Exactly. And the ridiculous part is the price. Oh yeah, it's like because, 40, 50 percent more. Well, here's the fucked up part. They're not buying pesticides. Where the fuck is that extra money coming from? Yeah, profit. Pesticides cost money. Profit and marketing. Are expensive as hell. Yeah. Why is that organic? If it is so organic, why is it more expensive? And it's only because the market exactly. is demanding it. Exactly. The market demands it. <laughs> <laughs> because pesticides, like the stuff for these non, these stuff for these GMO non-organic, they have to put extra shit on it. That extra shit costs a lot of money. Yeah. Like you ever bought weed killer? You ever bought weed killer? I have not. You I love buy... weeds. I I love weeds. <laughs> I can't kill the weeds. You want to buy enough weed killer to to spray down your like let's say twenty foot by twenty foot lawn. Let's say it's a perfect square lawn. Yeah. You're going to have to buy $29 a weed killer. So jug that's maybe a liter. Okay. Here, pull the mic a little bit closer. There you go. It's a jug that's maybe a liter. It's going to cost you like $30. Fucking dollars. Yeah. Now, what happens when somebody needs to spray weed killer and, you know, repellents on five acres of farm? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. We, get, we need to get money out of the... F- not... Like for-profit food, food, agriculture, the thing that fuels fucking humans, if money is skewing the health of humans on a mass scale, we need to get that under control. There's a lot of shit about that. Like, honestly, Reagan. No, sorry. It wasn't Reagan. It was Nixon. Funny thing. Do you know why we use a lot of... uh, sucrose a lot of uh sucralose and a lot of now fake sugars no i don't know why i was having this conversation with austin our co-worker today well but i don't know why glucose is super cheap super okay. cheap it's the cheap it's the cheapest form of sugar you can find 
well, Nixon saw that, and he was just like, well, I want to charge more. Yeah. So we're going to start putting, we're going to start, we're going to influctuate the price of glucose so more people will buy sucrose. Okay. So that's what they did. They made glucose shittily expensive to buy as a manufacturer so that more people would buy sucralose and sucrose, all that. Because glucose was so damn cheap. Okay. Yeah, it's all just a money game. That's all it is. Yeah, it's always always been a money game. And, you know, I'm sure that's the only one I know offhand, but I'm sure that lots of presidents have sold other shit like that. I'm sure I'm sure that's a very common thing. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's lots you can dig into. That's just For like, oh, hey, sure. They did this. Oh, hey, they, they did this. Yeah. Only one. That was done. Okay. All sorts of presidentes doing bullshit stuff. <gasps> Obama. I'll oh, say it, dude. I don't Obama. give a shit. I hate Obama, dude. I loved him. You know what? Eight years of his presidency, the first two years I lived in Idaho, I was like, I hate this guy because everyone else hated him. I moved away and I was like, I love Obama. Obama is my savior. Obama is this. Obama is that. And then after his presidency, when I dug into a lot of the things he got involved with, I was like, this is a disgusting man. So Obama's second term was the first time I was able to vote. He So the election, the voting, was mm-hmm. the day after I turned 18. Okay. So I voted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I looked at everyone involved. And I went, you know. Mitt Romney and Obama, pretty Mitt much, Romney right? Mitt Romney and Obama. And I didn't like Mitt Romney for a lot of the same reasons I didn't like Clinton. Yep. Goddamn flip-flopper. Yep. And it bothered the living, bothered the living hell out of me. So... Yeah, he was a uh, charismatic, actually, but he also was malleable. To like, he would just feed into the crowd what they wanted to hear. Yeah, and Obama, after four years of him, we need to find a way that we can combine all of our. Uh, well, the thing was, is like Obamacare. Yeah. My aunt is a, my aunt is a quadriplegic, and Obamacare really fucked her over, like incredibly so. So, I was just really not for it. So, but after looking at all the candidates, I was like, all these candidates are fucking trash. But it's, but I just turned 18. I'm going to vote. Yeah. So I ended up voting for Jill Green. Jill Green. Oh. Jill Green. Jill Green. That was the Leader Greenhouse the Green Party. Party. Yep. 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 I know who that is. Yep. I voted for an Gary. Environmentalist activist. This last one I did, Gary Johnson. Um, This last one. And I know it's going to be controversial. That's okay. Controversy incoming. I voted for Trump. I would have done the same thing if I could go back. I would have voted for Trump. And I think people out there, listen up. For those of you who hate Trump, I understand it's a paradigm. Maybe I'm in a paradigm. But at the same time, I'm the one who watches the White House briefings every single day all the way through. I'm the one who listens to the speeches. I'm the one who listens to this stuff firsthand. So I don't really take what the media says to heart because I can see it for myself. I have my own opinions. I have my own, my own, uh, my own uh, ideas and, and things that I look for. And to me, the things that I see is what is reflected in what I want in a president. The way I look at it, you can love Trump. You can hate Trump. You can love Hillary. You can hate Hillary. You can, you can uh, love Sanders. You can hate Sanders. Just don't. <laughs> just don't be a fucking dick. All right, people can disagree with each other. It's okay. 
Yeah. Listen. I like you. Listen, like you, you find out that your dad is a, I don't know, a cruise supporter, then just feel free to debate. I, I openly encourage debate. I think debate's a good thing, but don't get emotional over it. Don't get all butthurt because that you got because you guys disagree. Yeah. It is okay to have differing opinions. You're not hurting anyone, or you shouldn't be at least. You, the funny thing is, I consider myself very lib, pretty liberal in a lot of senses. Like I think personal, uh, personal choices is key and like libertarian, not liberal, but sure. Like libertarian, uh, mentality. But at the same time, our country has been in a financial mess for the past. I don't know how long, and we need a dick to be president, to get this straightened out. These foreign affairs, the foreign affairs in general, what's that? A businessman, a businessman, because he understands deals. He understands negotiation. He understands the art of the deal. Right. He he just he knows how to negotiate and he may be insensitive to certain ideas, but that's not the fucking president's job. The president's job is to make sure the other branches of the of the fucking government are doing their job as well as making sure the entirety of the government is doing their job. He doesn't have to be your friend. okay? he doesn't have to sit here and tell you how special you are, the American people. Now, granted, there are certain things like Michelle Obama. Mm -hmm. Funny, I'm not even talking about him. I'm talking about his wife. Michael, she, Michael Obama. Michael Obama. <laughs> she, uh, she introduced healthier school lunches. Yeah. Now, granted, I don't think that was strict enough because the healthier school lunches that you know that came into act while uh, we were still in high school. I think it was senior year that came into act, and they served us pig fucking slop, like worse pig slop than that was already being served. Really? Because it was healthier. Like loafs of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Loaves of fucking shit that was like low sugar, low salt. And it's just like they were serving us the same shit, but with less in it. So it had less calories. So it was healthier. Yeah. You know, just like, hey, listen here, fuckos. Yeah. Serve me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Give me an apple on the side. Whatever. I'll deal with it. Don't serve me this fucking mystery meat with no salt yeah. in it. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, and it's subs the funny thing is is lunch is subsidized by the parents in the first place. So the food quality should be immensely better. Because one, they're getting government money, but two, they're getting the parents' money. They are getting the parents' money to feed you, even though you've already paid through taxes and through admission to get into that high school or elementary school. Junior high as well, of course. Yeah, of course. Or middle school, depending on which part of the country or world you're from. Yep. I was in middle school. That was a uh, first through fifth was elementary, sixth, seventh was middle, eighth through eighth and ninth junior, ten through twelve was high school. Yeah, they have see, since restructured. You see, and that that was always weird to me because it was one through six elementary, seven through nine junior high. Your damn gas. High your, school was just junior senior. Well, so ten, eleven, twelve was high school. Okay. But you started your high school credits in ninth grade. Okay. So even though ninth grade was in junior high, that's when you started your high school credits. Okay. So that's the way it was structured. And to me, that was super normal until I was like in high school and I was seeing how other places ran it. Yeah. Everyone does it so different. It's weird. But yeah, no, that was always one thing. Uh, honestly, and I believe this firmly. I don't think that public school should be a thing. In what sense? I think that every school should be a charter school. Every school should be bought, 
and paid for by parents or other individuals. I don't. I don't think the government should have a say in it. I don't think they should have a say in what gets taught. So you think because privatized? They, yeah, I think it should be privatized because the government can. Government obviously shows, especially in places where we live, that they don't fucking understand. I'm gonna go down to the creek by a mountain. You coming along, Billy Jam? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the fact that some of you heard that and you were just like, yeah, that's how that's how people around me speak. It's fucked up. And that's just proof that like, hey, our public schooling system is shit. People have been talking about that for years. I doubt very few people would fight that. Yeah. I think the easiest version, privatize it. Especially colleges. Yep. I don't think colleges, I, I do not in any belief think that colleges should be owned by, colleges should be owned by the states, the governments. Churches. I'm just gonna adjust the mic for a sec because it's like facing this way. Oh, okay. So but yeah, I don't believe that uh, schools should be schools should be owned by corporations or anything like that. I think it should be like individuals, privatized. I think it almost should be uh, like I I'm not in favor of diminishing government, but I think there's too much focus on federal government, and there needs to be the number one focus we should have is on our community government. On our local government. You should know who your mayor is before you know who the president of the United States is. Because the mayor has more effect on your life than the president will ever have. And you can make a such a dramatic difference in the life of yourself and the people around you by getting involved in your community government. Uh, working with them to develop a good school system within your community. We don't have to work at a federal level to make sure everyone believes the same thing you believe. It's more so... You should uh, tailor your education to what's in your immediate vicinity and focus on things that's secondary, I think. Now, funny enough, when we're talking about state, it's actually, like, the only level of government that I'm just like, the fuck? Like, honestly, I could take a stab at who our mayor is, and it might be, like, the I don't guy know who it is. mayor three times ago. I have no idea who it is. You know who, you know who the governor is? The governor? Yeah. Uh, is it McAdams? No, it is uh, freaking Governor Herbert. Herbert. Herbert's still governor? governor? He is, yeah. Oh, fuck, hasn't he been governor he says for like his 20 prayers every... fucking years? He's very religious-based still to this day. Let's I mean, a, a lot of the direct. and that's, that's Gary funny. Herbert. People elected him, so. He has been... He's been governor. So he's for... only been governor since 2009. However, he's been on a seat in the Utah Commission since 1990. Yeah, so he has some political ties. Uh, oh, definitely some political ties. But to be fair, his uh, he is very much a financial man himself. Our economy is doing extremely well. There are certain things that I think he's turned the, the economy around. I think there's certain things that he's done to benefit uh, the state of Utah. However, I think they're still too uh, connected to the LDS church. And I think that's an inherent problem for the people that are not members of the LDS church that feel alienated. And you're separating the wealth between the church and the state, the people of the state. You are separating the wealth. And the people that are not LDS essentially are moving farther and farther down due to legislation that is being uh, backed and lobbied by the LDS church. So, 
the mayor of where you live. No, mm-hmm. me and you live in two different cities. So. Yep. Your mayor is Robert Hale. Robert Hale, we're going to get you on the podcast, buddy. You're going to come on. You're going to tell us all about the city. And we're going to have a discussion about the problems of the city and uh, how we're going to make it better. My mayor has a cooler name. His name is Jess Silverstreeny. Damn it. I want him on more than I want my mayor. Other mayor, you got canceled. I want this guy. And here's the thing. But remember, the city I live in has only been a city since mid last year. Yeah. Because it used to be part of another city. It used to be a township of another city. So we've only been we've only been something since mid last year. So. Okay. But yeah, Silver Strini. I like the, the name. He's Italian. My mayor's Italian. Your mayor's English. Oh wait, Italians fought on the Nazi side in World War Two. Fuck. I want to get that. I want to get my mayor on the podcast. I think that's actually a real possibility if I get a little bit more professional setup, like a more professional studio, because uh, they always want PR. But I really want to talk to him about the community problems and see what the hell's going on. Because Cottonwood in general is growing so much. Well, I mean, he's the mayor of a city of thirty-three thousand people. Right. That's. Like you're thinking about it, and it's like, man, that's that's hard to keep up with. And then you think about the president, and you're just like, how the fuck do you keep up with anything? That's the whole point of the structured government is that he has these representatives in every state to report to him the problems of the state, and the local communities have the responsibility of transporting it to the state, the state to the government. Problem is, it's a game of whisper tag. Hey, Cody, bananas in in the treehouse, and you're like, what? Uh, Nana Bonanza. married a new spouse. Like, uh, I was what? gonna say Bonanza in the Bouse. Bonanza in the Bouse. What? Yeah, exactly. yeah. It gets just lost like, in all translation. Right, I guess I'll send that through. We and people are so afraid to say that we do need a reformed system, but we have technology now that eliminates so many jobs within government. Like we could honestly imagine getting on voting day a push notification to your phone, authenticate through facial recognition or fingerprint, and then you vote. Type in your social security number. Your vote is cast. Right. Sounds great. Sounds awesome. Why don't we do it? Because there's yeah, old that, people. And I'm, sure, in power. and I'm sure there's somebody that's going to be like, "Oh, it'd be too easy to, uh, it'd be too easy to manipulate the votes." Yeah. And I don't think like I don't want to. It's not get, already easy. Yeah. I don't want to get rid of the electoral college either, and I think I'm in a minority of this because if you get rid of the electoral college, it goes to the popular vote. Now, the popular vote are all colonized in three spots of the United States. That is L.A. County, Texas, and New York City. The problem is when you eliminate that, the media that is fed to the, to the, uh, to the people that are close together, this media is fed to them, and they all get the same ideology. They're all fed the same information. I would be all for the popular vote if it was evenly distributed through the through the United States. But the problem is there are more people in L.A., Texas, and New York City than anywhere else in the United States. That's the only reason I And don't when like. we say Texas, we mean specifically Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Dallas and Austin. Austin. Yeah. Yep. Not we're we're not we're not comparing L.A. County, New York City and the entirety of Texas. It's the Democrats have a rigged system. They have super delegates. They have a constrict, like a, a concentration is the word I was thinking of of people in certain areas. So 
I think the Electoral College gives smaller red states a voice. It gives smaller uh, blue states a voice. And in the end, that's... Yeah, without the... Here's the thing. And I, I know some people are already going to be all offended about the Democrat comment. Uh, Fuck them. Go in, listen to some other podcast. <laughs> Just in, kidding. Uh, I love you guys. In In Utah, we are a staunchly red state. The only blue, and we have a we have a lot of liberals here. We actually have a lot of liberals here, but they're all in there. There's this little fun thing that government does. It's called gerrymandering, where in order to make sure that certain states say certain colors, they warp these super strange voting districts to keep everyone with that mindset in one voting district, so they can't win the electoral college. Yeah. And Utah is a good example of that. Salt Lake County all the way up to like Logan and Iron County. It's one big weird blue. But it's one of five and the other four are red. But the majority of people are in that blue. Right. That's that's the problem with popular in my opinion. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing is without the electoral college, even even that one blue would not have a democratic representation they would have a republican representation because if we just went to popular vote oh well three of the or four of the five are red therefore everything's red period done right and i'm not saying i'm not against democrats i'm saying that the democratic system is rigged in the sense that the superdelegates to begin with is bullshit. The fact that you can have superdelegates back behind a candidate before the first vote is even cast, absolute horseshit. Now, I don't believe in Republicans or Democrats. I think there's potential to spread into several different parties. That it, It's happening now. The Independent Party, the Greenhouse Party, all of these different parties are gaining a voice. And I think that's so good for the country because we don't need a two-sided argument. We need a discussion. And this discussion is going to perpetuate progress in this country where we have freaking Uncle Sam and Aunt Jemima just fighting over bullshit and getting nothing done. We need a third person to slap them both and say, hey, you forgot about these guys. We need to keep working. Like, there needs to be more competition in parties. Well, the other issue is, like, if you go back, George Washington, he actually made a comment about this, that the two-party system is inherently flawed. Because when you have a two-party system, the American people become more concerned about the party they identify with than what the party is saying. Yeah. And that is true. It's team. With, without a doubt, that teams. is true. NFL, NBA, Exactly. And it MLB. goes back to that. We were actually talking about that at work once. The prison experiment. Yes. goes back to the exact Stanford same thing. Stanford prison experiment. It's that you exact separate, same thing. They, basically, they got a group of people. They separated half of them. Half of them played prisoners. Six, half of six. them— Six played prisoners, six played police. And they found over time, these policemen started using their power over these other people inherently, like unconsciously, and exploiting weakness just because they were in power. And the prisoners became more animalistic. They became more violent. They became more transgressive. They stopped listening to reason and started acting on emotion all going into it knowing and how long all they 12 would be of in. these were harvard students so we're not talking we're not talking all 12 of these were from slcc yeah we're talking people that 
have like no, they were, they're Stanford University. They may oh, be were a, they Stanford University? Yeah, it's the Stanford experiment. Yeah, that's still a it's lot. It's still of, high. That's it's still a. Uh, we're what still talking with people with over three point Ivy League school. Yeah, we're still talking with about people with three point to four point GPAs. And they all went into it knowing it was an experiment. They knew how long it was going to be. They knew that it was. It was fake. only. It was supposed to last. I think it was supposed to last like two weeks. They had to shut it down after four days. That's how quickly it transpired. Yeah. I definitely recommend anyone watch the Netflix movie. It gives you a very good visual idea. It's a little bit Hollywood, but it gives you an idea of the study and it kind of gives you more visual representation. The Stanford Prison Experiment, I think is what yes, it is. Yes, yes. Um, very, very fascinating. And there's so many. there. And think about all the studies we don't hear about. Like we hear about MK Ultra, we hear about, um, you know, it's a really fun one that no one talks about, but was a huge study, especially in the late fifties, early sixties. What? The Harvard LSD tests. Harvard LSD tests. Uh huh. Two Harvard professors that made LSD. They made clinical grade LSD in their labs and tested it on students to see how it affected the psyche. Okay. Now, here's the thing. These weren't two psychology professors. These were two science expector professors. So they were mad scientists, basically. Kind of. But they got a lot of extremely valuable data about how psychedelics and specifically LSD affects the human psyche. That even in today, like when you're dealing with people who are on an LSD high, they have very particular methods that work. Yeah. It's it's very interesting that the scientific people they have like a cognitive dissonance where they don't realize what they're doing. Like a lot of Nazi Germany, and I'm not condoning what Nazi Germany did in any way, but our medical would not be where it is without the Nazis. Our space no. would not be where it is without the Nazis. Any uh, most of our scientific breakthroughs would not be here without the Nazis, and they did all of this horrible shit in order to gain the knowledge and data that we use today. So. Well, um, so fun fact that some of you may not know, the first, the first engines that the idea of pistons moving, creating energy was an idea taken from revolvers in the old West of, Hey, if we have this strike, this, it produces enough energy to send a bullet. Well, people looked at that and went, well, hold on. If we can do that with this type of energy, what else can we do? Yeah. But the energy was first implemented as a weapon. The the energy of gunpowder was first implemented by as fireworks in ancient China. <laughs> okay, I love the Chinese people. Whatever. But that point stands is a lot of that a lot of that was originally weapons. Yeah. And also the firework thing that people talk about, there's no proof of that because gunpowder grenades came out and with our records and how well we can track they're identical in time zone really mm-hmm. i did not know that so we have absolutely no proof that fireworks came first for all we know gunpowder grenades might have came first interesting who knows man there's a lot of lost information i was recently interested in like the black ages like the Dark Ages? Ah, yes. The Bubonic Plague, which only occupied the last, like, fourth of the Black Ages. But people... But like even to, before uh, that, like, we like to imagine that we're in this evolution chain. 
but there have been periods in time where we have like black periods where all of information is lost. So it makes me think, have we, are we living in a cycle where in the, you know, quote unquote past, have we built this technology before and been wiped out by something and then rebuild it and over so and over and over? what you're talking about, it's called the pendulum effect. Okay. The idea is within history, there's a certain set of effects that will always happen and they will repeat. So, and the way that it's deemed in a psychological field is there's four type, there's four points in history, the religious, the scientific, the artistic, and the, oh, and then the revolutionary Mm -hmm. or the war, as it's also called the violent. And no matter what culture you look at, you can look at them. Every last one does it. They'll go through a religious phase. I think it goes, if I remember correctly, it goes religious, artistic, scientific, war. Repeat. Okay. Every last culture in the world, it goes through those same four phases. And right now, you're just like, okay, well, where are the United States? Yeah. Well, if theoretically, if you look post-Vietnam, we should be in the religious phase potentially moving out of the religious phase into the like artistic phase. The issue was, is we had a lot of cross contamination that happened that confused people as to which phase we're in, because we had a lot of, especially in like the fifties, we had a lot of war mixed with religion. Yeah. Where like, when you go back to even the crusades, you said sixties in the Mm sixties plus drugs, plus drugs. And if you go back to like, even the Crusades. Yeah. The Crusades were clearly a war stage. Like, yes, they were fueled by they were fueled by religion, but if you look at the environment of the country, it was clearly a war stage for them. Right. Okay. So that's kind of that thing is where we're sitting at America, we're in a really weird part that as we've seen in history, no other country's been in, where we we're mixing two stages right now, and it's almost causing an elongation of the stages which is theoretically destructive. Yeah. The United, because it's not enough, there's not enough balance of the other two to level us back out. Right. You know, I've been, I want to get your perspective on this, but the United States, like I grew up in the United States. I was taught to believe the United States is the best place in the world. I was taught to believe that we're number one. Everything we do is number one. We're the wealthiest country in the world. And that's awesome. I'm glad to be born here. I think it's a lot of parts of the United States are great. But the problem is, is especially lately, especially looking in history and you look at the United States has only been a country for 250 years. Number one, uh, number two, where we act like the system that we currently have is the best. It is currently the best that it's ever been in the world, but there's no reason that it could not get better. We can always perpetuate that growth, but at the same time, it's the perception that we have that we're the best in the world. And the, the perception is based on wealth itself when, in fact, that's not what happiness is. And also, the colonization, we're a, we're a bunch of immigrants, right? I believe that regionalization, where you were born and interacting with the people that you were born around is the most sensible way to create a society that's not going to be uh, arguing all the time. Like we're a mix melting pot in the United States. And that's a big reason why we have so much anger is because we have different ideologies clashing at once. 
That's what yeah. it seems. That's what the U.S. seems to me. There's a few things I'd like to touch on with that. One of them being actually your final statement about the mixing pot. Mm-hmm. Here's and this is a big thing. America is the only country with any diversity. Look at the sports teams. Look at the Olympic teams. Look at population percentages. America is by far not even. There's nothing even close to us in. Uh, minorities and immigration and cultures we have more than anyone by bounds and leagues europe and lots of places in europe are getting pretty close but yeah but america is the most diverse and the interesting part was is that america even though it's so young is so diverse whereas all these other countries like you're just like oh you know england has been around like the british empire they've been around for I don't know what, 700, 800 years. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, and until the last 200 of that, they were exclusively white. Right. They were exclusively white English men. Because if you weren't born a white English man, you were a... Outcast? Outcast, slave, lesser, immigrant. A peasant. Um, they peasant, viewed them as peasants. Serif. There was lots of different terms. Sure. But... So America, like, yes, we had a slavery phase. And people are always just like, oh, America, they're slavery. But it's because of... Britain had slavery before we did. Yeah. They had slavery like 150 years, 200 years before America existed. They only got rid of it, what was that? I think it was 70 years before we did. Yeah. It's all used for political reason now. And that's kind of the thing is almost anywhere you go in the world, every older country had slavery longer than we did. Yeah. But because we were the most recent one, we're the most recent big first world who had it. Well, and we have money, so it sells. We're the big bad people. Yeah, it sells. Like we have we have so much wealth in this country that we have other companies that are able to sell us fear and we give them money because we have so much of it. Like we're wasting our money as a society feeding into the system of America. You know, it's funny. There's actually there was a theory. That third world countries start wars with America. Really? Mm-hmm. I have not. Okay, I've genuinely never heard this. Okay. I want to hear the reason why is because if you look at every third world country that starts with us, we fight them, they lose, and then we funnel hundreds of billions of dollars into their economy. So they provoke. They provoke and intentionally start a war for advancement. Do you think North Korea is doing that now? I 100% believe North Korea, Iran, all the Middle East, I 100% that they're doing that. That they are intentionally trying to provoke us so that we will actively pour engage with them and then pour money into them. And they know we leave all of the equipment over there. If we exactly. leave the tanks, we leave we've, all the equipment. That we've always done that. Always At least under Obama that. we did. And I'm sure the same, you know, I'm sure the same with Trump. I'm sure. I'm sure the same as the same thing was Bush. Same thing with everyone. Everyone before. Them. I'm honestly. We always the, do it. I'm honestly in the in the belief that the Democratic system and the Republican system very well could be all Hollywood. It oh, one hundred percent. I have a very firm belief that. Um, so I've I've actually talked to you about this. There's 500 people that control the world. Yeah. And they mastermind everything. Everyone else is just an actor. And it's all everyone else down. in power is just an actor. It's it's passed down. It's it's generational. It's bloodline. Exactly. 
Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm definitely in half and half. I'm not sure what to believe because I understand fundamental politics, how they work. But at the same time, most of federal politics is only seen through the television. And that is true. Yes. I can't go to an actual, you know, federal whatever. I can't speech. go to the Democratic banquet and listen to their thoughts. Did you watch the Fox News Bernie Sanders thing by chance? The town hall? Which one? They talked to Bernie Sanders. They sat down with him for like an hour and they questioned him on Fox News. But it seemed like I, – I could be wrong, but it seemed like there were too many people in agreement with Bernie on a lot of things, almost like they were paid. And the same goes for Trump. I believe Trump at the very beginning probably had paid people to clap for him and stuff. No problem. Any politician can do that. But – Listening to the content and how Sanders presented himself, he wasn't talking to the people questioning him. He was talking to the cameras. And at the end, he wrapped it up. He's like, so what do the American people want? They want health care for all. They want affordable college. And they want reasonable means to provide for their family. And it's like he was talking straight into the camera. like. And part of me says, yeah, that sounds great. But then the other part of me sees what Trump says and says, that sounds great too. That, like, can we meet in the middle? Or is the whole system meant to divide us in general? I think it's a – and you know what's funny? The first person to propose this idea to me was actually a junior uh, – was it? Yes, yes, junior high sociology teacher who was an extreme liberal to this day. Uh, me and him haven't been friends on Facebook for almost two years now because it was just too crazy. But he's an extreme liberal. And he was the first person to propose to me this idea. Gay marriage, marijuana, all the way up to even more. Mm -hmm. They're throwing the cat a ball of yarn so the cat doesn't see the gun. Okay. That's the, that's the whole idea. They want to create a division. They want to keep people busy. They want to keep people doing other things. So they can keep fucking you in the ass. Exactly. So they can keep doing whatever they want. Right. Because in the end, the media that we see is only a sliver of what they're actually doing. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of the thing. And that's and like I said, that was an extremely, extremely, extremely heavy liberal. Yeah. And I'm not. And we can find agreement on this that, yes, it's it's a ploy. They make things more dramatic than they need to be because they are trying to divide attention. And it's honestly, it's the same thing. It's if a power you, struggle a lot of the time, right? Well, have you ever read The Art of War? Um, by Yes, by the uh, – it, it's basically being a well-rounded leader. By being, Sun. Yes. Yes. Being a well-rounded leader, emotionally, intelligence. Uh, well, another, another thing they bring up is like if you come across a – if you come across an opponent that is better than you, if you come across an opponent that's bigger than you – the best way to win is to divide their attention. You set up a fake. You set up a flank. You set up a weak unit. Make them afraid. Make them go after that. You divided their attention from your main unit. Now you can strike them from Attack. behind. You can strike them from the flank. You can get the upper hand in the battle. Yeah, that's fascinating, man. That's a good book. Anyone, Everyone should read that book. It's very short. It's a short little read. You can get the abridged version, and it covers a lot of the main points. But it is a very good foundation for anything in life. Business, uh, life decisions, building character, any of that shit. It's really, really a good book. Good pamphlet. I had it recommended to me by someone when I was working in security. 
and I read it when I was in that particular one. I think that would have been in high school. I took a lot of years of humanities classes. I took a lot of social, sociology, psychology, criminology. So sometimes certain things are just like which teacher said that, which yeah. grade was that. But okay. But yeah, so that's incredible. That. And honestly, I have a firm belief. Like for any of you out there who. Let's let's say any of you out there that hate Trump, read one of his books on how to make money. The art of just, the deal. Yeah, just do that. The art of the deal. Read that. Just and give him a for, chance, right? Like, well, give him, pay I, I, some. Exactly, but both ways. Like for all of you that hate Clinton, Clinton hasn't written a book, so that's not exactly great. Uh, Obama never wrote a book. I think he did. Uh, yeah. Tales of My Father, I think, is what it was Tales called. Tales of My Father. Yeah, or Stories of My Father. Can't say I've ever heard of it, but. Michelle wrote a book. Bush wrote a Bush does art now. <laughs> I like painting pictures of monkeys. <laughs> I enjoy painting. No, he, he he paints veterans. He paints veterans. I love doing it. I paint veterans. I love doing it. That's his thing. He he like paints veterans now. That's neat. Yeah. But yeah, just read read a book by yeah. the other side. Like if you're a conservative, read a liberal book. Yes. If you're a liberal, read a conservative book. It'll give you an edge. It'll give you a complete edge to have a discussion either way. And you know what it might do? It might change your opinion. It or might. it might get you thinking about things that you never thought about before. Yeah, absolutely. I'm this, yeah. I mean, considering myself very liberal, I identify with a lot of conservative viewpoints, even though I didn't pay attention to them forever. I was just taught Fox News was dumb as shit. And I started paying t- attention to certain parts, and you have to kind of – learn to shift that sift out the bullshit but if you look at both perspectives you gain the whole picture and you can use your mind i know crazy your brain to <laughs> fucking decide what's true and what's not for you so something fun something real fun is uh what oh it's gonna drive me nuts if i don't remember his name but basically there's a gentleman that he made a he made a statement that Religion is a necessary evil. Religion is evil. Its constructs are destructive. But without it, people are more destructive. Hmm. That was the premise that he, that he stated. That religion creates identity of group. And identity of group is destructive. Hmm. But, without, but without identity, you are more destructive. Hmm. That's interesting. And you know, that's honestly... That might be a nihilistic way of looking at things is everything is destructive. This is just slightly less destructive. You know, like that could be nihilistic because nihilistic is a lot of that is everything is bad and this is why. Yeah. Well, the resistance. We're the resistance. <laughs> We're fighting for good. I'll fight for good in the American people. Fighting for good for the American people. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Let's, uh, I guess I'll see you guys next episode when, uh, when I, when I do the next one. Peace. Peace on the streets. Bye. Or if you don't want to, that's fine. Whatever. Peace.